gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking about how SEO and pay-per-click intersect. You know, there are roles for both of them. There are things that can do, you know, help you with your marketing. Um, each one has a place, but often they can work together. And it really depends on the kind of business, that, you know, that you're, uh, you are, that you run. Um, I've got with me Judy Lynn, digital marketing doctors. They, you know, Judy, based on the name, I would say that you like, you know, you get in and you diagnose what's going on you know, with people's marketing, right? Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. So that is the connotation that I am a doctor of digital. <laughs> well, and, you know, so tell us a bit about, you know, yourself, your agency, who you work with, you know, like, because you've been, um, based on our conversation before the show, you've been doing, you know, in the marketing field, you've been there a long time. Yes. Yeah, so I've been in digital marketing for 20 years. I started in corporate marketing, then I migrated to digital I started my career working for internet companies and corporate companies, and then I started my own business um, back in the 2000s and started with one small client that was an eye surgeon and just evolved since then. So I work with a lot of medical doctors and practices. And then I started working with corporations and startups and pretty much any small business. Yeah, I, I always find it... Um both interesting and uh, just a, a great experience when I can get somebody on this show that's been at it as long as you, because like, like I say, I started around 2007, you've been at it longer than I have. And because it just goes back to the early days, you know, of what we think of the internet and in the fact of more of the modern, you know, internet goes back into the nineties and technically earlier, but you know, it's, it's really interesting. And you work in the medical field a lot. I know you work with other types of businesses as well, but you know, medical comes with, you know, their own set of challenges that, you know, some other fields don't have, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of the cases that I've had is medical doctors obviously are more focused on the medical care, the patient care, their knowledge and healthcare, but it's difficult for them to translate that kind of knowledge and copy into mm -hmm. marketing copy. And that's where I come along. For example, you know, if a doctor's talking about regener regenerative cell therapy or stem cell therapy, you know, it gets a little too complex for an average person to understand what all of it is about. Most of the time, the patients just want to understand, you know, is this going to be painful for me? How soon am I going to recover? You know, what is it doing to healing, to heal my body? What are the healing properties? So in some ways you have to take the knowledge of the doctors somewhat I hate to use this word, but you'll know what I mean, but kind yeah. of dumb it down. So then the average person can just get the points that's going to benefit mm -hmm. the patient. Yeah. We're actually in the same kind of field that we have to do this same thing. We have to dumb it down. It's not that what we do can't be understood, yeah. but you, we, you can end up with a lot of technical jargon. You can end up with, um, you know, exactly. when you start just discussing, you know, analytics and there's terminology that in our field, we are very familiar with. We know what everybody's talking about, but you know, to someone that's not in the field goes straight over their head because they just, right. you know, they've never heard it. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, for example, you know, a patient that's doing cataract surgery or LASIK, they don't, it's nice to know that they have, let's say an advanced mm -hmm. laser, but they don't need to know all the details and technical technicality yeah, of right. the laser. They just want to know when can I see, am I going to be in pain and yeah. you know, what is my recovery time? Yeah. So. I, I had LASIK surgery actually years ago. And the one thing I remember most that they told me is you'll last eight or 10 years. You know, they said, you know, LASIK will, oh, you know, wow. it'll be good for about 10 years. It lasted eight. And now I'm back to where I, I'm back to where oh, I was, wow. you know, I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, you know, but so that's the one piece of, you know, you know, that I remember most about it. You know, so with a lot of, you know, businesses and you work with, you know, being that there's a lot of doctor's offices and things, you know, but medical, um, you end up where you've got SEO and you've got pay-per-click and not everything is always right. Or sometimes, you know, you have different combinations of things, you know? So one of the things I'd ask is like, you know, when you're recommending strategies, like which way is the best way to go with it? And especially if the business is on any kind of a tight budget, yeah. Like how do you go about determining, like what are some of your own methods to say, okay, pay-per-click is going to be the way to go or SEO, or if we were to combine these things, you know, when you're advising your clients, how are you approaching that? Right. That's a great question. So just to give a general idea of what SEO and PPC are like SEO search engine optimization, it's great for the long game. So a lot of times when clients come and they have somewhat a general understanding of what SEO is it's very nebulous. It's, it's not a short term gain. It is a long term six month, couple years investment where you're doing multiple digital campaigns. Let's say, you know, video marketing, content marketing, social media, mm -hmm. podcasting, blogs, on page, off page SEO. Those are long term SEO strategies and it helps get the brand indexed on Google. The short term is more on PPC, the paid search, which is the Google sponsored ads. So that becomes like a, a bidding war. Yeah. So if you don't have a lot of big budget and you're a small practice or small business and you're up against competitors that have 20, 50 K a month budgets, yeah. you can't really do PPC long-term. However, let's say you have a product launch or you have a mm -hmm. restaurant opening. I think it's great for the first couple months then kind of, you know, wane off of that and, and focus more your energy on your SEO, on your branding and your thought leadership. I think that is going to be more of a winning formula for you. So that's how I think of SEO and PPC long-term versus short-term. But if you have a very tight budget, I mean, I would definitely say that media videos and podcasting is a way to go and it indexes. the yeah. too. Um, also like, I know you're in California, right? You know, and I'm in Tennessee. Yeah. So when it comes to paid ads, I like to give, you know, like an example and, um, there was somebody I was talking to a while back and we were talking about paid ads and the difference in markets, because we mentioned if you're on a tight budget, this can be, there's a huge difference based on location, what you can pay for a particular keyword. And one yeah. of the best examples or most, right. most extreme examples is lawyers. Yeah. 
if you are a lawyer in my city, I'm in a city of 160,000 people, Murfreesboro. It's, I am 30 minutes south of Nashville. Okay. I don't want to deal with their traffic. Yeah. So that lawyer that wants to advertise here might pay somewhere between 10 and $20 for a click. That's not too bad. You go to Nashville. Yeah. Now you're going to go from you know, 10 on the low end, you're going to start more in the $20 range, maybe as you know, 30, depending on right. what you're targeting. If you're targeting something family law related, not so bad. But if you're targeting divorce, you know, you're going to scale up accordingly. Right. Now take and go the way extreme, you know, go to LA, go to San Diego, go to any of these things, you know, places. And if you're going to target those keywords, I've heard where lawyers can cost you literally like do something like just as general as law firms and you could spend $200 for the keyword. I mean, it's like insanely crazy, you know, amounts of money for a click. Correct. And you could burn that money out very quickly in yeah. a few days, a week. And this is the part where you have to think a little more strategic mm -hmm. is why do that? Why, why would you pay 200 for the general term, broad term of law firm? I mean, what I've seen in the past is if you use the less popular words and maybe, maybe be a little more mm -hmm. granular, like personal yeah. injury or car accident and kind of look for the less popular words to bank on, that could be another strategy as far as optimizing your keywords and optimizing your ad copy. But this is the part where I think digital marketing and experience comes along is, you know, if you've been in the business long enough, you know what works and what doesn't. And if you're somewhat new or you're experimenting, you would do something like that. I personally yeah, I know. do that. I'll rec yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm never going to recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's, you know, as that example of the $200 for that keyword, let's expand in, let's say someone spends, you know, five, 10 grand on a mm -hmm. print ad, yeah. a banner or a magazine. And I'm thinking five, 10 grand, I could use that in SEO. I could use that in yep. content marketing. So there's a gauging process in this is discerning what is valuable and what is going to give you more mileage. If it's not giving you mileage and you're just going to spend that five grand on one print ad for one week, what are the chances of your conversions mm -hmm. of getting that? Probably not yeah. anything. You know, I mean, you might get the branding, but the chances, I mean, you're extremely lucky. Whereas I think if you use digital campaigns as SEO PPC or paid media, there's a more strategic process and it's not just hoping you'll get the conversions from a print yeah, magazine. And the, also, you mentioned, like say, kind of getting more granular in the keywords and that's a really good, that's a strategy that it's also going to depend on location. You need higher population areas yeah. to do that, but that is a great way if you are in a population area that is much larger to be able to get more specific about the targets, lower your cost because you're not going to have as many competitors going after it yet, yet because of your right. population size, there's still going to be a lot of traffic volume there. Right. But even if you wanted to do, let's say local organic search is you don't have to do PPC in order to gain that visibility. There's other methods and there's other strategies, you know, in that case, let's say if you're a local, I would just focus on the areas, you know, for example, I'm in Carlsbad, California. I would, I wouldn't look at Southern California. It's just yeah. way too big. You know, I might 
tighten it up to say North mm -hmm. County or specific cities of Carlsbad, Oceanside, Del Mar and Sinitas and tighten that up rather than going broad with the mm -hmm. whole area. I mean, I think just even North County, San Diego itself is still quite large for a local resident depending on what your product is, but you know, there are, there's definitely other ways to yeah, do about that. Nashville is the same way. We're in a, one of the surrounding cities. Um, but it's also broken yeah. up into a lot of multiple, you know, there, we have places called, you know, Franklin and, uh, Brentwood and Mount Juliet. And so we have an area similar where it's a lot of surrounding cities. And so if you want to lower your costs, but still get the kind of volume you're looking for, look at those surrounding areas and get more granular in the locations themselves, which, you know, a lot of California right. places and there's a lot of those big metro areas. If you actually look at it, right. how many, like LA is not like I lived in, I grew up in Las Vegas. So Las Vegas, everybody right. thinks of it as Vegas, but it's not, it's actually Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Henderson, uh, Summerlin. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a, it, it's a combination. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's like few. four different cities that actually make up what we know as being the Metro area, you know? So that's where you, do, that's what you need to be doing when you're looking at, um, high population right. areas that you think of as LA. LA is not just LA. LA is made up of what? Something like a, a dozen, two dozen places. You know, you just don't know where the city yeah. limits are. That's all. <laughs> right. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. You cross over, you don't know when you did it. Um, you know, so that's the idea. And so now we go to the SEO side of things and you, you know, you made something, uh, mentioned earlier that content is part of your SEO game. And a lot of people and including a lot of marketers, um, it's interesting that you say it that way because a lot of them actually don't, but you're correct in that it is. The only point of doing content yeah. marketing is so that you, the content is used from an SEO standpoint. So you optimize it to show up in right. you know search results, but there's there's a lot of room for uh, growth there, right? Absolutely. So I mean, <clears throat> the content can vary. It can be writing, but blogs, case studies, website content. You know, they sprinkle mm -hmm. the keywords in there, but I'm not really. Even though I know SEO is a technicality of doing the job, you want to think on an editorial level. You know, you want to, you, you want your content to make sense and to be compelling and to be more editorial focused, because that's, what's going to bring and be compelling for the users to come in. So, you know, content could be the writing, it could be the blogs and all that, the articles, press releases, videos, and podcasting are like the hottest things. Now it's, it's pretty much a norm. Like for example, with my clients, I do pretty much podcast series on a regular monthly basis. And that is, that is just regular consistent mm -hmm. content that's coming in with themes, you know, it can yeah. be thematic on based on what you're talking about. And I think that is going to be much more attractive than someone reading pages and pages and pages yeah. of words, even though you could be an awesome writer, but you know, just like for me doing this interview with you to look at you and interact and audience can look at us, it's going to be a different right. experience. No, it's totally a different experience. And we do have a habit when it comes to content of also scanning things if it's online. Yeah. And 
some of the some content is built out specifically with the idea of getting it to rank. It's not because people are, you know, yes, there's a lot of value because Google wants you to do these things. Right. Um, but, right. you know, you have to take that kind of content and make sure it's basically scannable because that's what most people will do. Yeah. One thing that's also often overlooked from an SEO standpoint, because you're mentioning other types of content. You know, people forget that um, things like YouTube videos have a... Um, an amount of optimization that you can do to the videos to also show up. Because if you think of how people do searches now, you know, they often, so for example, uh, do it yourself, you know, DIY videos and things. Well, if I'm looking up how to do something and I'm doing it as a Google search, uh, you know, people will take, and rather than look at the regular search results, they'll switch over to like the video results. And, well, right. those, you right. know, those videos can be to a certain degree optimized so that you can show up better within those search results as well. And it's often overlooked that you can do that. Yeah. And I think that the savvier the consumer is, they will go to the videos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do. I don't even, I mean, it's nice to see the clout of a brand when they're coming up on the search indexes. The more search results you have, the yes. more clout you have, because it's showing that you have pretty much dominated the internet and your brand and your work yeah. and your niche. But then if I really want something quick and easy, and I want to understand something, I just go to the video tab yes. and I watch the videos and it's just a, a much more efficient way of learning. Yeah, it something. really is. I want, you know, like, <laughs> you know, uh, so earlier it was yesterday or something, the, my Chrome screen, my background for, you know, it had turned black right. on me and I don't know why. So I was seeing all my search results with a black background. I'm like, I didn't, I don't care for that. I prefer white. And I'm like, I couldn't figure out how to get it back. And I, the first couple of things were text. I'm like, I was getting frustrated. I'm like, okay, forget this. I switch over to the video side. Sure enough. Yeah. First video, here you go. 10 seconds later, I got it back to normal. I'm like, you know, because people do that and that, mm -hmm. and that's the thing. So there are opportunities within SEO in doing this with this different type of content. Not everybody thinks of blogs or, you know, some sort of article, but there are other opportunities. Right. There. there are. And I think, um, we discussed a bit about this earlier is thought mm -hmm. leadership. And, you know, I think from what I have learned in the last year or so is beyond the technicalities of the work of digital marketing and campaigns is you want, you want to start embedding thought leadership yeah. in your work because the more you speak and the more knowledgeable you are in your topic, you don't have to pitch anymore. It just comes to you. And I think when you can show that in the different venues of let's say podcasts and videos, you do, you do appear to be that thought leader and you do appear to be that expert where people will be yeah. drawn to you and they will come to you. Whereas I think the other aspects of the work is needed. That's the foundational level. But I think this thought leadership just takes it to another. Yeah. Level. It's, you know, and it's another form of content creation, you know, so it is something that can be optimized. Right. Um, you know, depending on what the content is that you've created. But that's what a lot of people have to realize is content comes in so many forms and there are opportunities to, you know, leverage it 
where it's either, you know, it can be optimized, it can be used for social media and great, you know, gain traction there. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, a lot of people still are not used to thinking beyond, you know, every time you say content, everybody often thinks, you know, blog posts and stuff, but it's not everything that is media related. If it is a, a video, a podcast, a TikTok short, it's all content. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And I think people, you know, are, are smarter now. I think I really do see that is that people want to obtain information quicker and they want mm -hmm. more depth in your content. You know, I think the surface level of content is just a nice teaser, but I think people are looking for, for substance in their content now is, you know, give us a little more of your knowledge to make me want to stay. Yeah. And that's, that's also a good point because, you know, the deeper you can make the content and, and here's the thing is, is you can take, right. you can take podcasts and video content, you know, for example, with videos, you know, we've got captions and stuff that, you know, can be done pretty much automatically now. Um, and you've got with podcasts, you can do transcripts. So you could take this content that is more easily created and you can get a transcript of it. You can create that into a blog post. So you can, you know, it can become a multi-purpose piece, you know, with different formats. Right. You can take the podcast and it can be a video. Yeah. You know, so you, you've created exactly. audio content, you've created video content. You can chop it up and turn it into social media content and preview things on there. And all of this, like I say, you can optimize all of it. So if you think of content being like, or SEO is a long game, content should be part of that SEO strategy because it's not just, hey, we're right. going to try to rank for some, you know, the whole purpose of, of like blogs yeah. to begin with was to draw, you know, traffic in through like back doors, essentially. Yeah, I think I, you made a good point there. It's like, I think I call it like the front door approach is everyone thinks, oh, SEO, I just want to get the local mm -hmm. rankings. I want to get the national rankings. I want to be in the top, you know, three or four for this keyword. That is nice. It's nice to have. But I think in order to have sustainability and longevity in your business, you really need to know yeah. your material. If you can't speak on your material on the fly, then you probably <laughs> yeah. need some work. <laughs> no, you're right about that. And I've always thought of um, content, like say you have, like you mentioned, front doors. Okay. So that's going through yeah. the homepage. That's finding them on Google Maps or, you know, your local business. But if you want an example, like blog posts and that form of content, anything else that's published on the site is backdoors. And if you want to think about the, um, to give an example, go to Amazon. Yes, plenty of people go to Amazon.com, right? And they go through. But often you search for a product, you know, and this is for any kind of e-commerce, but this applies to local businesses and stuff too, because you search for a product and you get a an Amazon page. Well, if you click on right. that page, you just went straight to the product. You didn't go to Amazon.com. You went to the page within the site. You just went through the back door. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And also, you know, when we we're discussing about content marketing, it's important to write according to what the mm -hmm. audience wants is start checking on Google search. What is a popular trend subject? What is it that the audience wants? You write according to what they want. 
it's good that you can share your knowledge, but you know, what is the demand and write according mm -hmm. to the demand? Yeah. You want to, you want to do that as well, because, you know, I mean, often you end up, there's a lot of sites out there that you, they have content, they have stuff that will draw you in, but it's not related to the site at all. They manage to rank for something and then you go there and it's got some article and it'll, because what they'll do is right. they'll end up with trending topics. And so they'll put out content related yeah. to it, but it's not related to them. And that, so if you're yeah. going to create content, yeah, you want to look at things that are trending and people that are, people are looking for answers, but it needs to also be in your field. Yeah. And be careful of the, you know, black hat, white hat SEO. So we kind of discussed that yeah. throughout. The yeah. There are things, you know, for those not familiar, black hat are, you know, obviously things you should not be doing, you know, and that's, you know, that goes right. back to spammy links and, and creating content that is not really relevant. So, you know, so you can plan it on a bunch of lousy websites. Um, you know, so there are ethical ways of going about it. You know, Google's got its, you know, set of guidelines. Um, but, you know, SEO provides a lot of long-term value, but to really maximize that value, you need to be looking at that bigger picture of what do I do with the content yeah. to create additional doorways into my website in so people can see the services, what kind of content can I be creating? There's a, a number of considerations. And when you're comparing it to paid ads, I say it's a long-term strategy, but the payoff can be a lot greater because depending on the market you're in, paid ads can be very expensive. Right. Yeah. Right. So when, you know, when you're kind of putting together an SEO and a content strategy, are, do you have any particular start points that you're looking at, you know, when you're working with a business? Yeah. So typically when a new client comes to us, we do an SEO audit. We do a website audit as far as looking at their traffic and their backlinks, um, their content on the website pages and see what, how substantial and what, what relevancy there, there is in that. So we look at what's been done as far as existing work, and then we build upon it, or we fill in areas that was lacking in the first place, but an assessment will definitely happen first. Most of the time, some of the clients surprisingly, it's just, they don't really have the time to build out the content or the branding, or sometimes they don't really know who they are just yet. And, um, you know, we can, we can talk a bit about it is, the client should know mm -hmm. who they are because yeah. it guides me on how to yeah. market them. You know, they have to decide what is their core branding as far as like the functional right. level side. This is what I'm providing as my services. Then there's what I call it. The experiential side is okay. So if I hired you, what is it going to do for me? That's going to change my experience. So it's really important that the brand or the client itself understands what they want to offer and then what the consumer is going to gain as far as the customer experience in some sort of transformation. Yeah. Um, I've got a, you know, so this, a question because from the business owner standpoint, you know, if you're dealing with SEO and you're creating all, because content takes a while to create regardless of the, regardless does, of the yeah. type of content you're going to do. Um, so how do business owners be patient? Like when you're counseling them, yeah, you know, because it's not an easy thing. Yeah. You know, SEO is like 
we do this in the background and they may see the pieces being created right. and you show them the stats and the traffic, but right. how do they, how, how do they be patient knowing that the results are not immediate? What do you usually counsel them on? Right. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I mean, I've had a situation where this client didn't really have any, I call it foundational level mm -hmm. content. You know, it was like they had somewhat of a subpar website on not a WordPress yeah. website. <laughs> it was one of those um, templated websites and they didn't have much content. They didn't have any yeah. graphics. They didn't have any social media. They didn't have anything, honestly. And my thing to make it simple was, hey, I'm just trying to get you to the starting line. Okay. You're not even at the starting line. I'm building this content with our team to get you to the starting line. So you're equipped yeah. to run the race. And so that's how you kind of guide them to understand the reality of where they are, you know, is they might think they're here in this plane with the big boys, but they really aren't, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just learning how to get to the foundational level and the same thing with the SEO. So the analogy I always give is, it's like you're building a house, right? You have the platform, the house, you have no electricity, <laughs> no plumbing, yeah. no heating, nothing. Well, this is what website on page is. I'm turning on the metadata and the keywords and the H1, H2 tags for your house, your website to turn on. So when they understand these kind of analogies, they start realizing, oh, I have work to do just on the preparation level. So of course I have to be patient because I don't even have that level of the basic foundational content. And when they understand that analogy, then I think they, they make a decision and usually they're very committed at that point. Then you take them from the foundational level and elevate to the next phase. And that's when you start doing the real SEO of the off page campaigns that come in, which is actually driving traffic and conversions into your, into your site. But like anything, there's a production process. It's not like I sign the contract mm -hmm. within a week, I should be getting leads and conversions in. No, you have to give me three months of just building like a, like a, having a little baby. It takes some time to nurture it and to build the content. So the, the production cycle, I would say, you know, is considerable in yep. anything that we do, you know, the graphics and social media, the videos of content, the writing, the editing, it goes back and forth many times. See cash. This is the one thing that a lot of clients don't see is they see only the final product. They do not see the production cycle, yeah. the editing, the graphics, the production, you know, the hiccups, the grammar. Yep. There's so much behind the scenes, but they see the end product and think, oh, that only took you a day or two. When in fact it took you a week and a half. Yeah, there's there's a ton of work that it, you know, you have to do. You know, and like I say keyword research, figuring out targets, what are the, what should you be creating content on that would have a chance to draw traffic? You know, there's like there's a number of things in the background, you're right, that you know, we have to do as marketers. And yeah, they they see the final piece. They don't see how much time went went into actually getting there. Yeah. Yeah. The published piece, yeah. That the, anything that's published has gone through probably at least five, yeah. six people. Yeah, that's very likely that, you know, because it can end up, you know, you've got somebody that wrote it, but then you have the SEO person that maybe wasn't the writer, but they have to do the optimization of it. You've got to get it published. So you might need, yeah, you, know, you may need 
another person on your staff or, or a developer to be able to do it. I mean, there's like any number of things, you know, that have to be done with all of it. Like there's just so many things that go on in the background for what we do. And I think, um, unfortunately, like it's hard to communicate that with clients. So there's not often the appreciation that we would hope, you know, for what right. goes on. But, you know, um, this has been a really interesting conversation. You know, like I say, we've been talking about, you know, paid ads, but a lot of it, you know, with SEO content is a huge piece of SEO. Yeah. It's like, it's really not, it's, it's its own field, but then it's also, you know, a part of this much larger, you know, ecosystem. Um, how would, uh, Judy, people get a hold of you, you know, cause I know you, you especially like, you know, the strategy level, you know, really being able to dive in with clients and, and see what they're capable, you know, where they stand and what, you know, where they could go. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so the website is digitalmarketingdoctor.us, and they can find my contact information okay. in my email there. Yep, and you can also, if you look her up, she's on LinkedIn. Uh, um, this has been another great conversation. I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Agency Power Show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.